0: Sisters and brothers in Christ, I ask you please to pray for me as I pray for you. Uh, Let's pray for one another in a good, healthy pause. Let's pray with our eyes open or pray with our eyes closed. Let's look to our right and to our left and appreciate the people who have come here with us today. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight this day, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. 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 You may be seated.: Wow, it is so good to be back with you in this beautiful place and to worship together its very intimidating, uh, being up here in this pulpit again. Uh, Imagine being where I am right now. Maybe you'll root for me from out there, will you? You can't help but be nervous when you look forward to being back in this beautiful space with such beautiful music and precision. And Father Noah, thank you for your welcome to not only welcome Rochelle and me back into this house, but to allow me the privilege of preaching, no pressure. Um, <laughs> and we connected before Noah had arrived and my last sermon here was about our preparing for his arrival and preparing for new ministry. And then we've gotten to connect by phone and then today to meet for the first time. So uh, to all the choir the altar guilds who prepared the beautiful church and flowers and for everyone in the back of the church that produces this beautiful service a thank you and it's a blessing to have my wife Rochelle here with me this morning we drove up from Camp Lejeune, North Carolina where we are newly stationed there so to just give you just a minute for those of you who don't know us and are wondering who is this chump and why is he here preaching today so it's been about 13 years now since I landed on these shores on USS Abraham Lincoln after having sailed around the world, uh, starting at San Diego, going west, you get to Virginia, kids, uh, as long as you just keep going. And so we, we did that, and we found this place to be this home, this place, this wonderful place of refreshment, as the psalmist says today. And Then we left and went to our next duty station at at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, and we continued to visit, uh, and then joined another boat in the west, sailed out of San Diego west, stopped at Virginia, and here we were again, and then to a submarine base in Connecticut, and now back to the Marine Corps at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. I won't explain what my job is. It has a lot of layers, but pray for me, uh, please. Uh, I would appreciate that. We are uh, about a month uh, uh, on station and, and still breaking in to the complexity that uh, is the, the units, uh, are the units that I serve. Okay, enough of that. Everybody good with a little intro? Kids, you're good with that? Is everybody good? All right. So I'm going to wander, because you expect me to. Um, and I'm going to wander because Paul's sermon... In Acts, which we just listened to, was a wandering sermon. Paul was wandering through the Areopagus, which is actually an outside space, but give it to me, will you? Uh, and this is a beautiful inside space with many ornate, beautiful things. And Paul was wandering this outside space, uh, a hillside rock cropping up in Athens near the Acropolis. And he was looking for something to hinge the gospel on, being Paul. He always wanted to preach. Right? And he was looking for an angle. He was looking for a way in, a way to communicate. And in in exploring all the beautiful things in the Areopagus, he came upon an altar. And this altar, as you now know, had an inscription. And the inscription says, said, to an unknown God. And Paul said, Whoa, wait a minute. As folks would say back where we came from, that'll preach. I can build my sermon around that altar, and so he did, and he said, hey, I discovered in your Areopagus this altar to the unknown God. Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you who that God is, and then he went on to proclaim the gospel, so he used a visual image to capture or to hinge his message on, and I'm going to do the same thing today. I have had the opportunity uh, before, uh, in my visits before, to read your whole church. I, I just came here on my own, and I read everything. And I even read all the names of those remembered in the war memorials. And it's a beautiful story. And as I prepared to come here on Mother's Day, And knowing that it was a very, very special, beautiful, wonderful day for many, and also a hurtful, harmful day for others because of their experiences, I knew the context I was was coming into, and I was looking for an angle like Paul. I was looking for something to pivot my message on. And so in my mind, of course, I'm wandering through the Areopagus looking for that angle. And I cannot move you all to the Selden Chapel right now. But the pivot that i would like to use this morning is the altar above the Selden chapel and i'll describe it to you but then after communion it would be a beautiful time for you to take a moment and stop there so here i go like paul right i'm going to hinge my message on that image and i'm going to say to you christ and saint luke's you have this beautiful altar here and now Sorry, but the folks at home are looking at a picture of the altar, so you'll have to come check it out later. And in that altar, on that altar, are no dudes. ningun dudes, right? It is, it, we have Mary in the center, and then as we look at Mary, on her left are Elizabeth and Hilda, and as we look at Mary on her right are Monica and Sacagawea, kids, go look that up. We're talking about Lewis and Clark expedition. We're talking about the guide uh, over the mountains to the, to the west, to the passage to the west. All right, so here's the fun part, and maybe you'll remember this. You won't remember anything that I say this morning, but you'll remember that chapel, which is of course how I'm gonna hinge my message. At Elizabeth's feet, there is a little boy standing What's the name of that little boy? John the Baptist, right. You got it, all right, awesome. Now I'm gonna go to the 300 level question. You ready? If there were a little boy at the feet of Sacagawea, what would that little boy be named? Anybody? Anybody have a guess? John Baptist. How cool is that? So if, if we had the little boy at Sacagawea's feet, over there on the other side of the altar from Elizabeth with John the Baptist, the, the boys would both be named John the Baptist. I just think that's really awesome. And maybe that will help you kind of think about those images. But it, the altar celebrates great women. And, and on that... I would like to think about Jesus' relationship with Mary. At times, you've had the stations of the cross posted in your church. You took them down because you cleaned all the beautiful stone, and they've uh, not been put back up again. But the fourth station of the cross is a very special station in which Jesus encounters his mother. So from the Selden Chapel to the fourth station, I would like you to just pause and consider Jesus meeting his mother on the way to the cross and allow that relationship to be a place where you can meet your mother. Fair enough for starters? Now I have a hope here, and I want to, I want to share a message of hope. Peter says in our reading from today, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. So you could say, well, Dave, why do you have this hope? And I can say, well, on my first trip to Jerusalem, I came to the fourth station. And when we got there, the leader of our pilgrimage shared this little message with you that I'm sharing this morning, that we can find our mothers in the encounter of Jesus with Mary, and encouraged us to remember and find our mothers in that moment. And I did. And my mom was back in Sheridan, Wyoming. And then I came back and told her about it. How do you think that made her feel, right? Well, my mother died in 2005, but every time I come to the fourth station, I can find my mother there in that encounter. Does that make sense? So it's using a piece of liturgy, it's using an ancient custom, but it's using the very real relationship between Jesus and his mother to find our mother there. And sometimes, of course, uh, here's what we're not going to do this morning. We're not going to single out the moms that are in, in the congregation so that we exclude other people, and folks have had difficult experiences. And sometimes Mother's Day in church is not, uh, not very fun. But remember, Peter said to share the news with, with gentleness and respect, and that's what I want to do right now. Because we all have something in common, and that is we were all mothered, all of us. And it might have been our biological mother, or mother by adoption, or it might have been mother by spirit, those people who just nurtured us along the way. And I encourage you to find those women today, encountering them in the relationship between Jesus and his mother. And for some of you, that's a piece of joy and peace. In Thanksgiving and when you find the altar there could be a rich reunion there even if your mother has gone before you as mine has. Believe me, I asked for my mom's help this morning and yet for others the experience is kind of like what the psalmist wrote about. We were tried silver. We went through fire and water, but Lord, you brought us to a place of refreshment. And that is my hope and my prayer for every one of you today. If your experiences are deep and rich and joyful and full of thanksgiving, or whether there is reconciliation that still needs to happen with someone, whether you need to forgive or to be forgiven, from some of the experiences that we have had that have been harmful, even abusive, and that have hurt our souls. And we find the hope and the capacity to forgive and to reconcile in the relationship with Jesus and his mother and the words of Jesus from the cross where he said to those who had abused and crucified him, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And how do we find the strength to reconcile? We find that strength in the advocate that Jesus promises to us in the gospel today. The Holy Spirit who is that conduit to us of God's presence, who both empowers us and is the one who leads us and guides us to all truth. I've come here today and I want to get my closing words uh, exactly as I wrote them. Uh, That is, I want to go to the glasses. I want to have no regrets. As I stand here with you in this beautiful place, I want to offer back to you the gift of this space, particularly. Some of you might know it and have not visited it recently, and others of you are just can't wait to communion to discover it for the first time. I would like to give that altar and the Selden Chapel back to you (laughs) as a gift. As a place of thanksgiving and as a place of healing this beautiful and wonderful space in which we find in the relationship with Jesus and his mother, our own relationship with those who have mothered and cared for us, and our capacity both to give thanks and to be restored and to be reconciled. The sign out front says, you belong. You belong here. Amen?